Do you remember Mark Hosak from one of my first episodes? He was talking about the principles of Reiki. Today I'm talking with his partner, Eileen, and himself, and they will tell us how they brought spiritual theory into sustainable practice. Hello, Yogi. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Aiko, and on this show we explore ways to put spiritual theory into sustainable practice. Okay, welcome Eileen and Mark to this show. I'm so happy and really, really honored that you're both here. Some of you might know Mark Hozak from a previous episode we did about Reiki. And Eileen, she's his partner and she's also a Reiki pra- practitioner. And uh, I would like to ask you, Eileen, if you can say something about your story, about your past, how you get here. Yes, of course. Um, thank you so much, Aiko, for the invitation. And um, my pleasure. Yes, um, my story. Um, yeah, about about Reiki and spirituality. When um, I was a young girl, I was very interested in a lot of things: <laughs> um, history, mm-hmm. ecology, and uh, also spirituality. And um, Mm -hmm. one day when I was 11 years old, I discovered a book about magic. And then Mm -hmm. I went uh, to the bookstore and I told the man there, I want to buy this book. And Mm -hmm. he was a bit surprised and said, "Uh, yeah, uh, are you sure? And um, maybe you should talk about this with your parents (laughs) and um, (laughs) it was a very very funny situation (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um, for many years then I um, yes was interested in meditation and I was a lot in the forest because I lived um, in a house in the near of the forest and it was very beautiful Mm -hmm. there and I had a very good contact for animals I like animals very much and the nature and um, Mm. but one day it was the situation like hmm, now I am a teenage girl I'm nearly an adult and this time with meditation and spirituality it's it's over because I would like to study at university and I thought that it would be difficult Mm. um, to go as a spiritual, um, (laughs) um, um, yes, to to go to university. And then I decided to leave this aspect of my life behind me for Mm. uh, nearly 10 years. And um, then I had a kind of life crisis and started to meditate meditate again. And Mm. um, then two years ago, I had a very difficult operation where I had a near-death experience. And um, then after this, I, uh, yes, I discovered my life in a new way because I was so Mm -hmm. thankful to be alive and um, I was always interested in Reiki and my parents 
also no Reiki practitioners, but for some reason there was never contact. And I, um, I thought it would be nice now to learn Reiki, um, to help myself. And then um, I discovered um, a, a manual uh, which was written by Mark. And <laughs> then I was... I was so surprised and so enthusiastic because I thought this is what I ever dreamed for a man who mm. comes from university and um, has a, a doctor degree, but uh, who is very spiritual. And um, mm. yes, so I decided to meet him and um, then he had a seminar and after the seminar he saw that I had pain in the shoulders and he asked me do you want Reiki and mm. I said yes <laughs> and it was a very very nice experience it's really hard to describe because mm. I knew energy healing before but not reiki and it was completely different from everything else i had ever felt when he put his hands on my shoulder i could feel reiki as warm and really um yes it was it was really beautiful and like opening my heart like mm. like falling in love it was really really uh extremely spiritual experience and I was mm. really relaxed but it's not that I fall asleep we talked a bit about qigong and meditation and uh, such things and after this experience for nearly one week I felt the reiki power in me and mm. it was like discovering a new superpower I, I um, sat at home and thought what's with my hands they are different now and the energy mm. in my body it, it has changed and I was a bit sad that after six days it uh, yes it was gone from mo one moment to another it was not there anymore and mm. um, then I decided that I want more to learn about Reiki and um, yes I had my first initiation with Mark and it helped me a lot because after this operation my problem was not entirely gone it, it uh, came back and mm -hmm. then I was in a very bad condition and uh, mm -hmm. the medicine couldn't help me because they said we cannot make another operation because we are not sure um, that you survive and the risk is too high for, for us and for you. And so uh, we are sorry, but we don't know exactly what to do now. And mm -hmm. so I had Reiki and I, I helped myself and Mark helped me a lot. And in the in several months, we uh, we had very um, good results because mm. Mark um, had some meditations, which are a combination of Reiki and the medicine Buddha, 
And I practiced mm. that over and over again. And then um, the pain was gone. And it wow. was really, really nice because my life quality now is so, so different from before. And I'm so happy that I decided to become a Reiki teacher because I think mm. Reiki is so wonderful for, for every person in the world. That's super beautiful to hear. And also, yeah, you were very lucky to find Mark because he's a very good one. <laughs> It's not that all the teachers are, are like oh, that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Also, the book you wrote, like I didn't read because it's in German, but you you talk about it in the last episode and it's uh, it's so interesting and powerful how you express the reiki power and and healing so it's very nice to hear that and um what's like inspires me a lot from both of you is that you live your life around reiki and spirituality you do also qigong qigong and um, meditation So you don't do these things like as a hobby or on the side, but it's the center of your day. So I would like to ask you both how you do that and how can you can you keep it always alive without forgetting also that you're you're living, you know, like material life too, but it's always there, your spirituality. You like to start? Okay. Yes, one very important part for me is what I call the formal practice every day. And mm. this is meditation, practicing Reiki and Qigong. And I experimented a lot and I came to the result that it is best if you have... Um, a time when you do it every day because if you don't have this time um, and if you don't have a schedule then it is some sometimes difficult because of course there are much things you have to do in daily life and also mm -hmm. if spirituality is the center Of your, of your life, there are also a lot other things around, also um, at work. Um, and so it is for me very important that I know I have this schedule and I know in the morning I start with, for example, Reiki and then comes meditation. And mm. this helps a lot. So you can make make a plan and some months ago I was I had a time when I was a bit frustrated because I thought mm. there are so many things on my list and I can't mm. fulfill them every day and then I thought maybe this is too much because there is mm. also the part of work which has nothing to do with spirituality. And there is also my family and they, they need me too. And then yeah. I 
remembered that in Shingon Buddhism, there are a lot of practices where, which have um, a, spe a specific time. They say, okay, this meditation you do for 41 days or for 108 days. And then I decided I can switch meditation sometimes and can say, mm -hmm. yes, now I have one meditation for the next 41 days and then I will do another meditation every morning. And I think this is good to be realistic about things you can do every day because then you also you have more the effect if you are thinking, oh no, um, I have to do this meditation and then I did not do my Qigong practice yesterday and oh no, then um, this is not, not good because then you are in a kind of spiritual stress and it's not good for, yeah. for open up your heart. And now I have a routine uh, which gives me a lot, a lot of energy and power and um, I can always say yes and next month then I will, I will make other practices. And I think mm. this is very, very good thing, especially also for people who don't work with spirituality. They don't have time to train two or four hours a day. <laughs> And I think yeah. um, this is, is good if you, if you are realistic and kind to yourself and make a schedule. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, then I tell you <laughs> something about um, spirituality in my daily life. Um, yeah. I would like to go a little back um, to the past, uh, I think it's about 25 years ago, I was for three years in Japan and mm. um, university studying Buddhist art history and rituals and training martial arts. And in this time, I, I knew I will be here uh, for, for this certain time and then uh, this time is finished. So it's important to do all my best in this time because this time in Japan will never come back and I have to do everything I can to, um, to have a lot from it. And then I was thinking and planning how I, how I could do this. And one part was a research for university in Buddhist temples. So I went to different temples and um, asked them whether I can participate to the rituals. And then they were very friendly and said, yes, yes, you can. And um, you can make your notes, but we will start at five o'clock in the morning or some temples at half past four mm -hmm. in the morning. And it doesn't matter uh, whether we have summer or winter or whatever. It's always the same time and you can come there and just be with us. And then I got up very early in the morning and and uh, visiting this temple and participated in this ritual. So I was just watching those monks and writing everything down, uh, what was mm. possible. And there I saw that those monks 
have a special schedule in their life and they do something always on the same time. And if I compare this with today, then I also feel it's good <clears throat> to do some things always at the same time. Because when I say, yes, I want to do Reiki and this meditation and this training uh, today, but before I do this and this and this and this and this, then um, it might be possible that in the end of the day, I will not have done all of my training I wanted to do. And then there is a very um, strange effect that when I um, want to uh, start with the training, that there might be an inner voice that says, oh, that's a good idea. But before you, you do this, you could do something else. And it mm. is very important to answer this voice to say, no, now I do the meditation. And what you uh, like to do is also very important. I will do it afterwards. So if you listen to mm. the voice and you obey to the voice, then you always have a reason to do it later. And then the, yeah. the chance is gone to do it because there's something something else and the, the day is over. So it is a good I do, idea to do it uh, on certain times. So in the morning when I wake up, um, one of the first things I do is, oh yes, I have my hands and I can give myself Reiki. And at the moment, since about mm -hmm. six months, I use uh, seven special power Reiki positions for waking up and vitalize mm -hmm. myself. I have uh, invented them last year and um, mm. they will also follow an email course when I translate it to English. Now it's, it's uh, still on German that everybody mm, can uh, learn you. this. And um, yeah. this is so cool, so nice that it helps me to wake up and bring myself into a great enthusiasm for the day. Yeah, And um, mm. Uh, often we do it also together. And then mm. when I go on in the day, for example, I make some Tai Chi training and this and that. And I have my, uh, of course, I have my uh, material life yeah, where I have to earn money or to, yeah. to be there for my, for my tigers and um, all those things. I say tigers because they are not real cats. So... I have a reason to say this, <laughs> and I think they are very spiritual. If there's something like an energy or a ghost or a spiritual being, they see it and they sometimes they run after it and try to catch it and so on. So special, oh. special <laughs> spiritual, my spiritual temple tigers, yeah, and they help mm. me to do uh, my to live my spiritual life because I always do something I don't expect. And this makes it especially spiritual. <laughs> and then there's one thing. So I have a lot of things to do. Uh, for example, recently uh, switching the whole business online is a great job because mm. there's so it looks so easy. You, you take your you take your mobile phone and then um, you uh, just uh, talk in it and make your podcast and your videos and your Instagram and so on. And I tried everything of this. But yes, you can do it like this. And uh, I failed with it. So I had to learn <laughs> a lot about it, how everything is working, and I'm still learning. So there's a lot to do beside my normal work. 
what is giving mm. classes in Reiki, in Shamanism, in Qigong, in, uh, in uh, meditation and martial arts and everything. So it's, it's a bunch of things. And then I have this mm. as well. So it's like there's uh, something like a time lag to do all the spiritual things, even though my work uh, is about uh, spiritual things because I teach spiritual teachings. <laughs> and of yeah. course, I don't only want to teach it in the seminar and then the rest of the day or the rest of the week, I do something else that wouldn't really real. So I want, um, of course, I want the combination. And then I remember the, yeah, you see, the historical Buddha. And um, mm -hmm. he was living the first, about the first 20 years of his life in the palace of his father, who was a king. And then he was seven or eight years um, doing his meditation in ascetism without eating and everything. And he recognized after, um, after almost 30 years that the, uh, the one way were just having a life of joy without spirituality and the other way uh, almost starving and ascetism and everything both does do not lead to enlightenment and then he walked the mm. way in the middle yeah and there we have in germany we have uh, something like a joke so um uh, why is the buddha running against a tree because he was walking the middle path yeah. <laughs> and then but uh, with this there's some kind of a truth because he found the Bodhi tree and um, so the tree of enlightenment where he received his enlightenment and um, there are different uh, teachings um, one Buddhist teaching says he was doing it on his own and then the, the tantric Buddhist teaching says uh, he was not alone he was doing it together with a wife and this would also be one part of the middle path so i don't think spirituality in daily life is asceticism with almost starving and um, no sex and everything mm -hmm. i think it's good to have a good combination and in this mm -hmm. um, combination i always think whatever i do uh, where can i do my training doing what i'm doing and there's also a funny story, something like something like uh, we say in German, we call it a Zen joke. So it comes from Zen Buddhism, and um, and there is, is one there, are two novices, two new students in a in a temple, in a Zen temple, in a monastery, and they talk to each other. Uh, how about smoking and meditation? And then they don't know what to do, and then they then they uh, then they ask their master monk, yeah. And when I say, uh, you and me, we both ask um, uh, the master monk and tomorrow we meet here again and talk about it. And then they met again. Mm. And one of the two uh, uh, students um, had a lot of bruises and a blue eye and he, is, he was looking really bad and the other was just looking normal. And then the one who had uh, just felt well asked the other one, what have you done? You really look like you have been beaten up. And then he said, yes, I have been beaten up um, because I uh, asked the monk whether I uh, may smoke a cigarette 
while I'm meditating. And then he has beaten me up. <laughs> but you also wanted to ask him, why haven't you been beaten up? Yeah, I don't know. I just asked him whether I am allowed to meditate while I'm smoking. And then he was just smiling. <laughs> so there's a difference whether, for example, you do meditation and then you are with your mind somewhere else or you do your daily work and then you are with your mind in the meditation. So, and this is also something you can see in the Japanese temples. For example, when you, you go to a temple, um, before you learn the rituals and everything, you have to clean the floor and you don't yeah. uh, use uh, the, the tools we have, like a stick with something wet on the, on the mm -hmm. top. No, they go with uh, this wet towel on the floor and run through the halls. And this is really, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, you need a lot of energy for this and it's really exhausting. And the next step, uh, you have to clean um, uh, the whole temple garden of everything what is lying around from the, the leaves of the tree and whatever. So you have to work the whole time. And then sometimes uh, people ask, why do I have to do this work? I wanted to learn meditating. And this is the point here, because uh, the thing is, it's mm -hmm. good to uh, meditate while you do this work that you see that whatever you do is meditation and um, this I didn't understand for a long time this I first understood in the martial art training of ninjutsu at my former teacher Taguchi sensei in Japan because um, mm. he told me I give you two hours private lesson here and then you shall uh, train for um, more than 20 hours a day, everything what I have <laughs> teaching you. And then I was wondering, how can I do it? It's, I, have, I have to go from Kyoto to Osaka. It was uh, everything from house to house, uh, two hours yeah, by train and everything, and then the whole way back. So how, shall, how can I train? Yeah? Then I have to go to university. I have to, to do this and this and this. And then he has shown me, the first thing, you walk around. You shall uh, train how to walk. And then I said, I can walk. And then he said, you can walk yeah, like you have learned it, but actually you cannot walk because you, are not, you have no conscious mind about the walking. And uh, then uh, he said, you make always very big steps. Yeah? And this means that you want to go fast from one point to the other. And when you go from one point to your destination in big steps, then you will know nothing about it, what is on the way. So the goal is the way and not uh, reaching the goal. <laughs> Same with the cigarette and the meditation. By the way, I'm not smoking. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but anyway, and uh, then he said, make small steps. And if you make small steps, you feel more from the ground and it will be very difficult and uh, you learn martial arts. And if you mm -hmm. learn how to make a lot of small steps, it um, will not be possible that you will lose a fight. This was the first thing. Then we went on the, mm -hmm. in the subway and then uh, you held your hands up, yeah, not to fall down. And he said, do it only with the little finger and the next finger, the ring finger. And uh, I asked, why that? Because these two fingers are connected to the hara, the belly. Yeah? 
here under the navel. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so if you use this, like when you use a sword, maybe you have seen this, that you, the index fingers, are, uh, they don't touch the sword. Yeah, and this is, yeah. a, is a connection to the martial art. Then you're connected to your hara and you're in the middle. And this is meditation while you are in the subway. And you train this. If you do it with the thumb and the index finger, then it's connected to the biceps and this power will end. The other one will never end because there you are connected with the ground and you get power from everywhere, for example. Yeah? And then he told me, uh, you carry a rucksack and a rucksack is not good for your back. You could carry it in your hand and also use your small finger and the ring finger <laughs> and make a training like this. Yeah? And then he uh, told me, when you brush your teeth, you could train the horse stance. Yeah, that you go with your legs um, uh, farther um, from apart and then uh, stand mm. deep, for example. And when you have done this for mm. a while, you can start moving your hips, yeah, like a belly dance or something. Yeah, then you will become flexible and so on. And he told me a lot of things where I can, uh, where I will be able to train the whole day. And when I, today, when I'm, for example, in the kitchen and making some breakfast, making some eggs for eating and a smoothie or something, then it's like, um, like that I move in those um, martial art moves or that I train mm. to have my back straightened, yeah? And that I give Reiki uh, in the food. And then uh, she was wondering why the food is... Uh, yeah, delicious is, might, might be one thing, but it's somehow there's something special. And um, mm. uh, you know my cooking now for about one and a half years. And um, uh, last week, I told her my secret that I give all my love and Reiki inside. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there might be the difference. So it's, uh, there might be a difference mm. if, whether you have an an angry mother who is cooking, I don't want to cook anything there, this is your food. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, you do it, you do it uh, with, really? with love and light and energy and everything. Mm. Or another thing is we have an altar for, our, for shamanism and Buddhism and there we bring some offerings, mm. for example, incense or, or a candle. And then we, we say to the spirit, this is my incense for you. Yeah, this is my offering yeah. for you. Yeah, have have a nice time with it. Yeah, with the smoke or with whatever some other offerings mm. and so on. And um, and then we had the idea we could do this with ourselves. So when I make a tea and give it to her, then I say this is my tea for you. Yeah, and then she is doing this with me, and then we feel this is completely different from here's your tea. Mm. <laughs> or mm. the tea is waiting in the kitchen you can take it or whatever yeah it's it's so it's so different so there it is possible to bring spirituality um into daily life that we honor uh, ourselves and each other like they are spirits yeah and this mm. is is another thing so it's possible to bring to to do all the daily things with a spiritual context Instead of, I have so little time, I have no time for meditation or whatever. And even if it would be true that on one day we don't have the time for meditation, there are still the same 24 hours. So it's still possible to 
um, uh, to combine the normal daily life with the spiritual uh, contents. And this means we almost do 24 hours a day our spiritual life. And this is life. And this is the path of the middle. Yeah, yeah and that's what I can say about it. <laughs> yeah, this is amazing and so useful, you know, because if you always put your mind there, then somehow you bring it with you, like uh, the spirituality, like you said, as, as a training, like if someone wants to become strong with a lot of muscle, he's going to go to the gym. He can't just look at picture and think, oh, I want his muscles. Oh, how can I get them? You go and train. Yeah. So <laughs> it's very, very beautiful. And it was nice to hear your experience in Japan oh, too. Oh, thank you. Nice. And I would like to ask you if you can a little bit elaborate maybe in the shamanism, because it's also very interesting. I don't know much about, but I'm very interested. And uh, how you connect these two different practices. And also, um, Eileen, she also does Qigong. And how you connect all the different kind of practice together. Okay. It's very yes, yes, that's a, that's a very good question because sometimes people say um, you have to do one thing and uh, there's nothing else you are allowed mm -hmm. to do because if you do something else, then you don't do it right. It's only possible to focus in one life of, on one thing. And um, so uh, I think uh they are maybe uh, 80% they are right but there are 20% they don't see <laughs> and uh, mm. the, the thing what they don't see is that even if i practice shamanism uh, qigong martial arts also different martial arts uh, there's the same story yeah mm. uh, reiki oh, did i forget anything qigong, qigong. yes and um Uh, I also, um, actually, um, usually I don't talk about it, but actually I also like yoga, <laughs> this I do personally. <laughs> and and um, many people say you must not combine yoga with Qigong and this and this and this. But uh, mm. my opinion is somehow different. And now I tell you why. So we start with, we start with shamanism. So there are a lot of uh, kinds, um, styles and ways how to do shamanism and traditions and whatever. And the shamanism I do is a wolf shamanism. It's not so okay. very famous. Um, some part of the wolf shamanism I practice is from Africa. And one part of the wolf shamanism I practice is from uh, Africa. So now you think, oh, well, Japan. What did I say? Japan. One is Japan and one is Africa. So uh, okay. usually you could think they will not fix together. But mm. I have studied in university uh, East Asian history of arts. And there you study the art history of China, of Japan, of Korea. This is the main. And then everything what is around. Because, for example, Buddhism came from India. So I have to study some part of Indolo Indology and, and yeah. uh, about... Um, 
uh, those traditions like Brahmanism and Hinduism and Buddhism mm -hmm. and how it spread and what of this came, for example, to Japan and to China and how it was combined with Taoism or indigenous practices from Japan. And during this, mm -hmm. and this is not only, uh, this is only one part and it is uh, Asian art history, you learn so religion is one part and then within religion you have paintings you have sculpture yeah you have uh, ritual artifacts but um, not only religion you also have paintings of any other kinds of literature and calligraphy and seals and ceramics and uh, a lot of thing, things and uh, so that would be possible to say no you have to focus on one thing, for example, only uh, Japanese art in the 19th century. Yeah, that's possible to do, but that's not East Asian history of art. So uh, mm. when you have your master's examination, it's like this. When I um, had my examinations, we had, um, had a library and we had a diatech. This means you have a library of slides, of dia, of, of small of slides, yeah, of pictures. And then the professor went into there and they had 60,000 pictures from uh, the time 10,000 years ago until today of all kinds of art in China, Japan and Korea. And then he takes mm. about 40 pictures and then he shows me them. And I have to say, this is the painter Nitsan uh, of the 12th century. Yeah, it's 1143. And this is, uh, oh, yes, this is a monk from Japan. And the sculpture is so special because it's actually not a sculpture made by wood. This is a mummy, yeah, and uh, or whatever, yeah. And you have to do this, and you have to say the date and everything, and all those connections. So I was trained to see more than one thing, and there I have seen mm. that say in Japan they have a syncretism, for example, of Taoism, of Buddhism, of Shinto and Shinto is also a syncretism and then they have uh, also their own shamanism and their uh, folk magic and they combine it and they have no problem with it and there is not a separation yeah. if you are in this Buddhist school you must not do this maybe this is something here in the western world we have but they don't think like this so we come back to shamanism Japan and Africa so what I know is, for example, Egypt is Africa, yeah? And um, in Egypt, we have a sun god, Ra. And if I go from uh, Egypt, from Africa to India, I have a third chakra. And the third chakra has a bija, this means a seed syllable inside, and it's a ram. Yes, and it's also the Ra. If you leave the point in the top away, then is the pronunciation Ra. I made, wrote my PhD about this, so I know a little uh, about the details. And I think it's very interesting that the, the, the Siddham Ra is for the third chakra that has to do with the sun here yeah, in, in the middle of your body. And that the sun mm -hmm. god Ra is um, in, in, in Egypt has the same pronunciation. And then we have a sun god Surya in, uh, uh, in India that sounds very sim uh, similar. And if I compare so the, the old Egypt uh, spirituality 
with India and also with Japan. They have a sun goddess there and uh, also the, the sun Buddha uh, and everything. There I see some connections and I think this has something to do with history. Yeah, I'm very sure about this. And another thing is you have the Japanese language and the, the pronunciation of the Japanese language is the same pronunciation than the Finnish language, but the grammar from the Japanese language comes from uh, the uh, Turkestan uh, grammar. And this oh. is some very different places, and uh, in this it makes a triangle to Japan. So there are there are connections we cannot see at once. Yeah, and if I compare. Mm the shamanism, the wolf shamanism, for example, from Japan, and I compare this with the wolf shamanism of Africa, and some somebody might say now there are no wolves in Africa, but they have gold shackles, and, um, and they found the same um, DNA with a real wolf, so there is a connection, and actually they have one, but they say something else to it because it's looking different, but the Japanese wolf does not look like like our European wolf, it looks more like a fox. And this is why uh, Western people think that in the Shinto shrines, when they see these orange spirits, they are all a fox, uh, but actually they are wolves. <laughs> and, um, and so I practice this shamanism. And um, there we use, uh, for example, we have an altar with offerings, candle and incense, and they also like a sake or rum and such offerings and uh, and a bowl of rice or or a carrot <laughs> and uh, they are vegetarian yeah very interesting and uh, this is um, this is uh, if i compare this altar work from shamanism and buddhism i say the more i look into it the more there are similarities so i ask myself what is there before the shamanism or the buddhism i would say Shamanism is earlier. <laughs> well, this is this everybody knows, I guess. Yeah. And because Buddhism, we have two and a half thousand years now. Yeah. And uh, the historical Buddha, who uh, I don't know, uh, is it invented Buddhism or the founder of Buddhism? Yeah. He um, learned, of course, Brahmanism. And there are so many influences. And in Brahmanism, we also yeah. have shamanism again, and so on. Yeah? And same with Taoist practices, what we have in Reiki. So Reiki is an energy healing method with Buddhist symbols and with, uh, uh, yeah, today you could say Qigong practices, old Taoist practices. Yeah? It's also a syncretism. So there we see, and we have also shamanic parts inside. Look at this. Uh, Mikao Usui, the founder of Reiki, went into a forest in the mountains of Kurama and did some meditations where you find today a small hut. And this is a Shinto, uh, Shinto shrine. And a few hundred meters away, there's a Kurama temple, and this is Buddhist. And in the Buddhist temple, you find again um, uh, a hall not for a Buddhist being, but for the founder, founder of shamanism in Japan. This, his name is Mauson. And, there's, uh, and there are dragons everywhere, uh, like here, <laughs> and uh, who are the protectors of Buddhism. But actually, the whole area, the whole Kurama mountains, 
is a, a shamanic power spot for dragons. So they have the combination. And he went on, in the mountains and uh, he was doing some meditations in the mountains and some practices from shamanism, from Shugendo. This is uh, Japanese mountain magic, you could say, and all this combination. And then you find the combination in the Reiki healing asset. This means the Chokurei symbol is a Shinto symbol from Japanese shamanism. Shinto means a way of the gods. Then we have the Seiheki. It comes from the Bija Shri. This is from Brahmanism or Tantric Buddhism. Then we have the Honsha Seishonen for distant healing. This is uh, this is a Buddhist sentence, but it's this Buddhist sentence of Chinese words is combined with a Taoist method. Yeah, so we have uh, we have this combination in the Reiki healing method, and this is why I look and into also some uh, uh, over the edge of my plate where I eat from, what is be behind it, and make my research. And I say, okay, there are different starts, starting points um, to go for this is a shaman way, and this is a Buddhist way, and within the Buddhist, I could mm -hmm. do the Vipassana meditation, or I could do uh, some Mahayana practices, or Tibetan Buddhism, or whatever. And then uh, there is uh, the Taoism. This is today it's called uh, Qigong or Feng Shui or acupuncture. And acupuncture also is a shamanic practice, if I look at it. And Feng Shui is also the Taoist shamanic practice. And um, Qigong, the word does not exist longer than 70 years because it's a new invention of everything what they are doing with energy yeah and this is also shamanism so an acupuncture uh, doctor is doing uh, chinese shamanism but he doesn't want to hear the word shamanism or magic because no no this is all science <laughs> and this is very funny yeah so we have those roots and we cannot say the roots are not there and if we look at the roots then we find the connections. So the starting point might be different, but the goal is always the same. And I see, I find something I need in shamanism. I don't find in the other things and, and so on. And this means I can practice everything. One, uh, one thing what happens then is if I practice all those things that one could say, but then you will um, reach your goal, for example, of enlightenment, not so fast because you you don't have the time to do everything so much. And this is actually right, but this is not the point for me. For me, it's not the point to reach um, enlightenment or being a higher um, raising master or whatever. For me, the point is very simple. Uh, I want to help everybody and myself with those methods and I don't mind whether I'm fast on the way or not. I just do it mm. and it's working. If it would wor wouldn't work, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> Very easy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> it's always so beautiful to hear from you. Like you can really put so much into it i'm very very happy and maybe next time we can also talk about this common goal that you just mentioned mm -hmm. now but we can keep it for another episode okay. and uh, do you want to say maybe anything aileen about your way to connect 
everything because your experience like you shared before like your life really brought you to to a point where you understood like okay that's the direction so how you connect your qigong and meditation together yeah yes i started um in my 20s again with meditation and mm. um because i i thought yes i am a student of a university and uh, I don't do esoteric things, I just meditate. And this is what the managers do. And yes, that's that's good, that's right. And mm. um, then I, I did this for some time. And then I, I became more open again and I remembered my childhood. And then I had mm. um, a time in my life when I experimented really a lot with yoga and qigong and tai chi and different styles mm. and um, then with energy healing and it was really uh, yes this and that um, but I always did research before so I asked the teachers mm. and said yes I'm practicing this and that is it possible to combine this because you can't combine everything um, and then they said okay if you do this yoga style and not another yoga style then it's possible you do this in the evening and our qigong practice mm. um, it's good to do it in the morning because you have a lot of energy and then you can do this and um, this was my way to, to combine these things. And mm. then when I practiced more, then I thought there must be connections between, for example, Reiki and Qigong. And then mm. very many teachers said, no, you cannot say it is something different. Yes, there are connections, but you can't mix it up and be careful and yes why do you have so much questions please can you not just do what your teacher says and don't think so much <laughs> this is not university this is a spiritual school <laughs> and so on and um, mm. yes for someone who is so curious like me and I'm uh, I'm historian with all my heart and so I always want to know the history between things. And I also wanted to know the history between spiritual traditions. And I had a lot of problems with that for a long time. And um, then it became better when I met Mark because we have the same opinion. And um, mm. I could learn a lot from him and his re research he did. And then the connections became clearer. And this mm. um, was very helpful, not just for the historian in me who likes theory, but uh, also mm. for the spiritual practice, because then I developed a deeper understanding um, in the moment when I realized that Reiki and meditation and Qigong are not separate things um, that, that you can say yes um, I uh, can say okay here is, is Reiki and this has nothing to do 
with Qigong and meditation and I only look at, at this and then I put it away and I take Qigong and this has also nothing to do with other spiritual traditions. Um, I, I could practice uh, more intensive and better and it, it helped me to, to be really open for this and also with the experiences because if you separate these methods and traditions, then it is like make a cut. And I think also in our mind and consciousness, there are also cuts. And this is, I think it's not, not good if you are um, on, on a kind of spiritual journey. It's good to be, to be open and to be curious and to, to want to know mm -hmm. things. And um, yeah. so uh, this this help really really helped me, and also um, shamanism was something I really didn't know something about it before I met Mark, and I just um, yes I just said let's try. I did not know, and I just said mm -hmm. yes I I want to hear something about it. And um, I had no ideals or that I said, yes, um, I, I researched a lot before and now I will look what does the teacher say and what are my notices say. I, I just came in and said, yes, I, I want to hear something about it. I'm just open to hear about it. And um, mm. then the connections to Reiki and Qigong, it was really fascinating and it's also now fascinating. And yes, I think um, it's it's good to, to be open for this and to look at the history of things because the history tells, tells us a lot and it um, helps us to understand the traditions and also all these forms, cultures, and, and mm. spiritual ways of life. And then we can also uh, know something about ourselves. And um, yeah. I think this is, is very important. I think that history is a very uh, spiritual thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the why, you know, to always ask why. I totally agree and I always want to know why I'm doing something. So, yeah, I thank you both very, very, very much. I was very happy. You're welcome. And yes, you're as welcome. usual, fascinating by learn always new things. Thank you. And, uh, and we see each other again for sure. Okay, very nice. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Also, very thank nice you. with you. It's a great pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes, thank really. you. I hope this episode fulfilled its purpose of inspiring you. If you like it, feel free to share it, give a review or a rating, subscribe. And if you have any questions, please get in touch at aikoyogareiki.com. Namaste. Namaste.